0: Hello and welcome back, everyone, to this week's podcast. I just came from taking a couple of days off with my family. We could say a couple of days off and vacation to go to the magical world of Disney. And a lot of people think about, OK, why has Disney been so successful? Well, it all started with a man called Walt Disney, and he had a vision A lot of people didn't believe in that vision back then, and as he really thought about how to bring animation and the child within us to a whole new world for adults and families, embracing family values, he never gave up on that idea, and despite three bankruptcies, he just kept on going. And today, 2020, we're happy to say that Disney is one of the most valued and most iconic brands in the world. So, when we think about iconic brands, iconic brands really refer to brands that have such a special place in our hearts that are priceless. Their value, you cannot put a number on the value that Disney represents. Now, Disney is a huge conglomerate. Why? Because, yes, it all started by a mouse, it all started with animations and movies. And actually, the first five movies are still today extremely important to children, just to name a few, from Snow White to Cinderella to Bambi and Sleeping Beauty. How could I forget Sleeping Beauty? It's one of my twins' favorites. But as we think about how Disney evolved, they really started first with movies, animation, then they added Walt Disney Land in California. And that was the first. And it was very, very successful. Then 10, 15 years later, they opened Disney Orlando. It became huge. People from all over the world go. At least 75 million people visit Walt Disney World in Orlando. Every single year. Could you imagine that? 75 million long lines, great expectations. Well, that's the beauty of the Disney brand. They really focus on bringing valuable, incredible stories to really embrace the child within each of us in this magical world, so-called Disney. Now, the interesting thing is, of course, they not only expanded in Orlando with Disney World, as we know it, that was first Magic Kingdom, but in the 1980s, mid-1980s, they decided to Launch Epcot Center, focus on innovation, focus on the planet, really bringing globalization before we were really thinking about global markets and having all of these pavilions of different countries just to name. A few, from France to Mexico, to England, to Morocco, to Norway, to Japan, to China. And bringing people from those countries, bringing products, education, and really embracing that experience. So for Disney, it's all about experience. That started with Disneyland, like I said, in California. Then Disney World with Magic Kingdom in Orlando. But then, in the 1980s, with Epcot Center, but they didn't stay there. Then they launched MGM Studios, which, of course, then changed the name to Hollywood Studios, bringing movies and the magic of movies to people. Now, as we think about that, yes, it never gets boring at Disney because they're always reinventing themselves in the theme parks. So despite the long lines, carrying your children... We as parents think that our children remember the first time we took them to Disney. And maybe they'll remember one or two things. But this time that I took my 10-year-old and my 8-year-old twins, they were like, okay, Mommy, so why are we going to see Magic Kingdom? Mommy, what is this small world ride? I'm like, what? Do you know how many times you've been here and you asked me that question? So I looked at my husband and I said, Well, I think that subconsciously, we were trying to treat ourselves into a Disney trip back in the day when they were little and smaller. But it's only been two years since the last time we took them. So how could they not remember every detail? I remember every single detail from the first time that I went to Disney. But of course, they weren't that big. The parks weren't that big or that diverse. Now they are. So you can't really get enough of it. Now... One thing that is very interesting is that Disney World or Disney, the brand, it's not just theme parks. Yes, they went to Euro Disney in Paris. That didn't do so well for a couple of years, but then they were able to save that and make it relevant for the European consumer. Then we have Disneyland Hong Kong. Now we have Disney in Beijing and now the new one, Disney in Shanghai. But as we think about Disney, it's not only the theme parks. There's much more that is part of Disney. From Disney Cruises, where you can get the same experience on a cruise ship. Who would have thought of that, right? But also through continued innovation and incredible visual storytelling through their movies not only animated movies but also with you know traditional movies that are family movies that we could think of but as they saw when steve jobs decided to create pixar and they saw the first movie from pixar called wild e focused on a robot the environment they felt This is going to be a thread. So how does Disney manage a thread? Very simple. They manage a thread by acquiring it. So they went to Steve Jobs and to Pixar, and they acquired Pixar. So every year, there is at least one or two big Pixar movies, animated movies, that are part of the Disney family. Now, Disney didn't stay there, of course. So the next thing they did was, what is the ultimate movie movie? That started in the 1970s, so 1977, that revolutionized good and evil, Jedi Force, Star Wars. So seeing the tremendous success year after year from Star Wars that continued with a tremendous 30-year legacy, Disney decided to approach Lucas Films and George Lucas himself and decided to buy a Lucasfilms for $4.6 billion. Now, this happened about six, seven years ago. But what is Star Wars worth now? I don't think that there's a price that, that we could give to Star Wars or to Lucasfilms. Why? Because they came up with six movies. They came up with a new show, on Disney+, Plus that we'll be talking about uh, shortly. And they have added incredible rides, incredible new characters, and great memorabilia. So, it's just the beginning of all the tremendous growth that Star Wars is going to bring to the Disney family. So, great way to think about how they look at acquisition, how they look at empowering and really continuing to solidify their mega master brand. So not only Disney decided to acquire and be ahead of the game in the entertainment industry by buying animated companies that were a clear direct threat, such as Pixar, and of course, buying such an incredible franchise that it's part of the great technology and sound and special effects that Lucasfilms brings to the table, and of course, the incredible franchise called Star Wars, which is more than a global phenomenon, because it has continued to grow and surpass anyone's expectations for over four decades now but a little company back in the day in the 1940s and 50s that became a big phenomenon but only in the comic book world for children and some adults called Marvel. The last nine years they became really big. Really big leveraging their great superhero characters from first Iron Man, to then expanding the Iron Man franchise, to then starting with the Avengers, and then, of course, many, many more, like Hulk, Spider-Man, et cetera. But for Disney, they said, "Hmm, huh, this could be a threat to us. So this is a great opportunity for us to be ahead of the game and also acquire them. So a few years back, about two and a half, three years ago, Disney acquired Marvel Studios. So now, not only do they have the incredible franchise of Star Wars, the incredible Princess franchise of Disney films and Pixar Studios, but also having Marvel. So you're probably thinking, how big is Disney? There is not a price tag that we could give to Disney as a company not only thinking about their theme parks, like I was mentioning earlier, their cruise ships and travel programs and other hotels, to also the animated studios, they have consumer products, they have retail stores across the world, but also when you think about all of these acquisitions and all of these great franchises that really make it very unique. And as a matter of fact, in terms of sales, no company in the entertainment industry compares to the size of Disney. Disney represents over 155 to $200 billion, but the value of it is over a trillion dollars. That's a fact. And that's the power of Disney. So who would have thought, I'm thinking 50 years ago, 60 years ago, Walt Disney envisioning what this great world of animation would be. Thinking about that character, Mouse, on how big it would become and how far the Disney brand could expand to become a mega brand, a truly mega brand an iconic brand without jeopardizing or losing focus on all that Disney started with those old family values from the Mickey Mouse franchise to Snow White, to Cinderella, to Little Mermaid, but then expanding it to Lion King and going every time a little step further. And I can't forget again Sleeping Beauty because my kids will be mad. (laughs) But joke aside, that's not the only thing that Disney does. So a couple of years ago, A company called Netflix went head-to-head against Blockbuster. Now, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with Blockbuster, but Blockbuster was a really huge deal in the 1990s. Everyone would go to Blockbuster to rent their favorite VCR, their favorite movie, and then DVD. But Netflix, this company started and said, hmm... Why do we need people to send it and go back to the store? Why not send it directly to their home? Why not have them send it and return it to us whenever they want? And that started problems for Blockbuster. But it didn't stay there. Netflix decided to go into video streaming. And back in the day, the entire Hollywood industry, Universal, which is, of course, Comcast, a lot of television networks were like, video streaming? That's for YouTube, but people wouldn't necessarily watch from a tablet or a computer or from a phone or even from their own TVs. That's why they have cable networks. Guess what? They changed the entire rules of the category. And Netflix became a truly game changer, not only creating an entire segment of video streaming, but bringing incredible content from across the world that everyone loves. So, of course, like in marketing we know, once you're first to market something, competition starts to watch. Or companies start to watch and then they become your competitors. So what happened? Other companies started to say, okay, I'm going to get into this business too. You have Amazon with Amazon Prime and all their great content and special content. Of course, not as diverse, not as as broad, but they have incredible content from the marvelous uh, Mrs. Marvel to many, many, many more. However, other companies were watching and one of them was Disney. And Disney decided, okay, I have all of my content under Netflix, with both Disney, Lucas, Film Studios, Pixar, and also Marvel. What if we create our own video streaming? Wouldn't that be great? Well, they knew it, and they got it right. Not only did they decide to take all that away from Netflix, but they decided to use all of their program that they own to actually leverage it in their video streaming company called Disney+. Plus, But they didn't leave that there. No, why just launch what you currently already have? Keep in mind that Disney has a lot of different networks on TV that a lot of people from the Christina Aguilera's to Britney Spears to Justin Timberlake, Ryan Gosling, they all became famous through the Mickey Mouse Club. So they have some great programming already. But they say Why not go into something bigger, something unique that could bring not only families with young or small children to become our viewers and to subscribe, but why not add a new set of consumers, adult consumers? And they thought, aha, Star Wars franchise. But let's not just launch what we currently have in the marketplace. Let's create a unique series, which they did. The results have been outstanding. People have loved it. I mean, think about it, that Baby Yoda. I love Baby Yoda. Who doesn't love Baby Yoda? I was just at Disney, and I don't know how many adults, men and women, wearing that green, beautiful shirt with Baby Yoda or carrying the Baby Yoda pets. So, so cute. I wanted one myself. Now, guess what? For Disney... To really do something, they really do the right research. They really try to ensure that if they were going to go into the video streaming, that they had to do it not halfway, but go all the way. And that's what made it incredible. They knew that other competitors were coming as well. They knew that NBC was coming with Peacock, which was recently announced at the Super Bowl, for those of you who may have seen that ad. But also, you have... Apple TV Plus. So with Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus, you have some great content, some very good program, although not as wide and diverse as what Netflix offers, Amazon, and of course Disney Plus. So very, very good way to really launch and really stay the ground to really build the business. Now, other companies are going to follow into the video streaming. Some are going to do right. Some are not going to do so well. But the one thing that I could say, watch out, because Disney Plus is here to stay. So for those of you who have not had a chance to go to Disney Plus and watch the series The Mandalorian, I suggest you do. It's a great, great show. And, of course... It's a very good storyline. You never know, a lot of people had the perception that Baby Yoda was originally the original Yoda, and that's why he was being protected and safeguarded from this mercenary that was originally going to get rid of him. But it's an incredible story, great visual effects too, so I suggest that you'll watch it. So independently of the shows that you can watch on Disney+, Plus, like I mentioned, The Mandalorian and everything else that is available from Marvel to Lucasfilm Studios to Pixar to all core Disney, both film and animation. The one thing that you have to think of is when we think about video streaming, Disney+, Plus, despite Apple TV+, and other companies that went to the market... Disney Plus was the most successful one. They launched in the United States. It was the biggest success. The thing that people would Google the most, that they wanted to get more information about pricing, about programming, a subscription, all that. They launched on November 12, 2019. And although it was only in the U.S., do you want to know how many subscribers they got in just that first month? They got... 28.6 million subscribers in less than a month and now it's going to surpass when we look at 2020 more people are going to get subscriptions not only from the United States but in the month of March Disney Plus is going to launch in India in China all over Asia followed by Latin America and Europe so the sky's the limit definitely it's probably going to be the biggest biggest direct rival for netflix so what does that mean for netflix that they will continue to get their act together and continue to bring incredible programming they have the resources they have they have the talent so i'm definitely sure that they will have no problem as long as their content continues to be incredibly good and relevant with the highest quality that really attracts to the global community because it's all about scale. So at the end of the day, both can completely live on their own and succeed in their own terms, both Netflix and Disney Plus. This is very exciting when we think about Disney. What a great company. I have to say that I've been going to Disney since I was a very, very young child. I think my parents took me for the first time when I was two years old. Not that I remember that much, but believe it or not, I remember seeing Mickey Mouse, and that was a big deal. And I was only two. And I kept on going throughout my childhood, then my teenage years, then my college years, and then my adulthood. And many years ago, I lived in California, my kids were young, and I would do the annual pass, and we would go once a week. But it wasn't until 2 years ago that we said okay let's go back and let's go to Orlando. It's time for us to take them there. When we got there and I heard about this magic band, I was like, "OMG. This is great." And yes, they had a very good app. I was able to do fast pass put a request, plan my day, plan my trip, everything, buy my meals beforehand, get a meal package where I could save a lot of money for my family. It was incredible. So I thought, now we're going just for a few days. Let's see what we're going to see. OMG. All I could say is the magic band became 10 times better. Everything was connected, not only to the mobile app, but take this. Whenever we went on a ride and there had to be a picture or something, let's say, imagine Magic Kingdom and you're in the phantom in the scary home, in the scary house. I forgot the name of it. You would go and there's like a ghost. One of you will appear there. (laughs) It's very funny. Then... In the Magic Kingdom, one of the most iconic and oldest rites called It's a Small World, after you see the song and see all the children from all over the world, and when it says goodbye in all the languages, then a picture of you with your name will appear, and it would say goodbye, Alexandra, or whatever way I have registered, Alexandra or Alex. Really, really cool. It wouldn't do it with every single person, but they will choose one Per ride, per ride or per boat. Another thing that was really cool with the Magic Band was not only the usability, but the level of experience. When we went to Epcot and we go to all the innovation sessions and looking at your future, you would go into this car where it takes you to that big circle, that huge circle that it's Epcot, right? Very iconic to Epcot Center. And when you're in that ride, you have to choose what your future would would you want it to be? Is it more the technology towards smart homes, or is it car, cars, environment, luxury, whatever? And I did it with my twins, and my husband did it did the other one with my eldest daughter. But it was so interesting because then they would show our picture. And they would put all that on the video and then they send you through the app where you can actually send it to yourself and save it or post it on YouTube or on your social media. But do you think that Disney stays there? No, they had to reinvent themselves in Animal Kingdom and they did a phenomenal job with James Cameron's avatar. Find the license of Avatar and getting those rides was incredible. The Avatar experience, they have about two different rides, but the big one, the most important one, yes, you have to wait in line three hours. That's exhausting, standing up, carrying children. But guess what? those four and a half minutes that you're on that ride, you will never forget. It's the ultimate experience. I've been in many virtual reality experiences and attractions or rides across the world, and I was really impressed how they brought all the elements from movement to sound to visual effects, that you feel everything in your body, to also smell. So if you would see soil or dirt, you would smell it. If you would see flowers as you're flying, you will smell them. If you would see water, you would smell the water. That's absolutely incredible because think about it. How many people are taking that ride every day, per day? Imagine the attention to detail, and it's all about experience. Now, of course, I have to talk about Hollywood studios. I know I mentioned something earlier when I started the podcast, but it's really cool that they were able to reinvent themselves. And yes, you still have some of the iconic ones from the rock and roll roller coaster with Aerosmith that has been there since the late 1990s to the Tower of Terror that has been there since the mid 1990s. But expanding and building this whole Star Wars phenomenon experience, incredible. Now, I have to say that they have different ones, and one of them, they just launched two weeks ago. And the only downside is that you have to go to the park at 6.30 in the morning because it opens at 8. And once it opens and you have, with your magic band, entered the park, then you go to the app and you reserve a seat. That one is fully experiential, which is really cool. So, I don't know how many of you are really Disney fans. I'm sure that many of you listening love Disney products, Disney resorts, and Disney theme parks, and of course, great Disney movies. But definitely, I encourage you to go and visit it because they have been able to continue to reinvent. Also, there's lots of construction going on. So, if I were Disney or someone from Disney is listening, I would give some tips. Now that you have build an incredible repertoire of franchises and products within your portfolio. You had the movie Aladdin that Guy Ritchie directed last year, which was very, very successful. Why not create an Aladdin ride and create a virtual experience with the magic carpet? That would be really cool. It's like bringing the avatar experience, but to Aladdin and do it in Magic Kingdom. And... Guess what? I know that in the case of the United States, in Universal Studios, you have, of course, the Harry Potter, but you also have Marvel products. So I think that it's time for Disney to get that and really create a truly unique Marvel experience with superheroes throughout the theme park. So in a nutshell they're not done. Many more things, many more rides will come. And that's the magic of Disney. You never get bored going time and time again. And there's always something new to see. I can tell you the Seven Dwarfs ride, revamping the whole Snow White area that have been there for almost now 60, 70 years. What an incredible experience. They did a phenomenal job. So in summary, what a great company. What a great legacy that Mr. Walt Disney created. I'm sure that the great leadership from Eisner to Iger to all the others to really see the big opportunities and what could be potential threats that they could bring to really continue to expand their business is truly successful, and it's really paying off. So congratulations to them. And for all of you listening you know, when you think about it and you want to get a great experience, I know it's expensive. I know it's long lines. But let me tell you, once you get to experience it, it brings back some great childhood memories. And that's what Disney is all about. Enhancing that and bringing those medical experiences to our lives. So we all need happy moments, especially in difficult times. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we'll have a very cool new topic for you as a surprise next week as well. So keep on listening and stay savvy.